Good morning, everyone. Um, it's so lovely to be together this morning. When we were worshiping, I was just feeling God just being so faithful. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful to experience God's love and his faithfulness? And it just makes me so excited about what he's going to do this morning. So we are continuing our series on Ephesians. And um, the story about how Paul came to Ephesus is quite an interesting story. So you can go and have a read um, in Acts 19. It tells us how um, Paul got to Ephesus. So Ephesus was a big city. And Paul was there for um, just over two years. And he had quite an effective uh, missionary presence there. A lot of people came to know Jesus in the time that he was there. So years later, after he got imprisoned by the Romans, uh, he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. And this whole book of Ephesians is a, is a letter to the Ephesians of encouragement. He's encouraging them in their faith. And he also, in this book, describes the nature and the presence of how the church should look like. And he challenges us as believers to function as the living body of Christ here on earth. Um, and last week, Glendon preached on how, what we can learn from Paul in his life. And I want to just focus on something, is that he was imprisoned when he wrote this letter. And it just, I can't, if I think about it, I still struggle to, to fathom it, because he was in jail, and he was writing a letter of encouragement. He was writing a letter to strengthen people in their faith, while he was in prison. He was probably hungry, he was probably tired, he was probably cold, and he was able to look beyond that and write that letter, focusing on Jesus, focusing on his kingdom and his glory. He was able to write that letter, encouraging people in their faith. He also describes the nature of the church. And when we look at the church, we know that the church isn't conformed to four walls. The church of Jesus is his people. It's every race, it's every nation that loves him and is committed to serving him. So this morning, we are looking at Ephesians 3 from verse 14. But before we read, I just want to pray for us quick. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we Know that your word is alive and active today. Thank you that you stirred a hunger for you in Paul's heart. Thank you that we can look at it and know that it's so applicable to us today. I pray that as we look at your word, Father, that you will come and challenge us. And may your Holy Spirit speak to us as a church, Father, but also as individuals. I pray that you would come and minister to our hearts and to our minds. May we be so focused on you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are reading Ephesians 3 from verse 14 to 21. I'm reading from the NIV. So it says, a prayer for the Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of, your, out of his re glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to, you, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. And so encouraging. If anybody had to come to our church and pray this over Hope City Church, we would be so encouraged. We would be so energized in our faith. Um, and as individuals as well, I'm really encouraged when I'm reading this prayer. So I want, to take, I want to encourage you to look at this prayer and see it as a prayer for you as an individual this morning. So what is Paul saying in this prayer? He reiterates that we are God's family. We are all part of God's family. We've heard that there should be unity among us. Every race, every nation, every tongue should be in unity with each other. We are all children of God. The Bible tells us that we are adopted into sonship with Jesus Christ. And how wonderful it is to know that I and you belong to Jesus you belong to his family. That is just amazing. <laughs> Paul says that it's the Holy Spirit who strengthens us. And I was um, just amazed with God's goodness, because that is one of the songs we sang, is God, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us strength. And that is what Paul is writing here as well. There are so many um, scriptures that tells us that it's God that gives us our strength. And when we focus on our own strength and our own abilities, we are definitely going to be falling short because we cannot do it by ourselves. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit, and he does that for us. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. And it's not, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't even just gives us strength. It, Paul writes later on that he says he can do immeasurably more than we ask. So he gives us more, than this, more of the strength that we need. We think we need this strength, and then Jesus comes and he does this. Then he gives us more, 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 more than we can imagine. And um, Glennon also mentioned last week that we shouldn't be limiting God by thinking about what we can do in our own capabilities, what my personality is like, oh, I'm shy, so I'm never going to be able to share the gospel with someone, because God wants to use us in ways that we can't imagine. That is what the Bible tells us. So we need to focus on what He can do, and he, the Bible tells us He can do anything. Nothing is impossible with God. Christ dwells in our hearts when we believe. These Ephesians that Paul was writing to were believers. They were already sealed with the Holy Spirit, and yet Paul is praying for more. He wants them to be strengthened in order that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be can become rooted and grounded in love, it says in verse th uh, 17. 
And in a sense, Christ is in our hearts and in your personality when you become a Christian. But Paul is asking for more. Paul is saying that Jesus should be taking up a residence in our life. He should be moving into our lives, and his presence should be felt in our lives. And that experience comes from when we are diligently seeking God. That is when that happens. Paul says, being rooted and grounded in love. And that happens when we, he takes up residence in our lives. It's not something that Paul is asking for later. He says, being rooted and established in love. So that automatically happens when you say, Jesus, take residence, move in, and make your presence felt in my life. And when that happens, love becomes a kind of atmosphere in which we live. We love God and we love people. Our roots go down into God's love and our lives is built up from God's love as our foundation. And then Paul speaks about God's love for us. And it's so appropriate that we're um, celebrating Mother's Day because there's nothing quite like a mother's love for, his, for her children, hey? So Paul writes and he says, How wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ? And as I was preparing the scripture, uh, and the preach, I kept on, I wanted to show something physically that we can see and see, okay, this is what God's love is. So here is a picture of a deep sea diver. There you go. So I've never dived before. I think my husband would be absolutely um, amazed and he'd love it if I can get um, qualified for it one day. And I think it would be amazing to see God's creatures and his, um, yeah, his creation firsthand. But the thought of literally throwing myself overboard in the middle of the ocean, I'm not there yet. <laughs> anyway, so here's a picture of a deep sea diver, and that is quite deep. It looks quite deep, so I thought that picture could work. Here is a picture of the soon-to-be Jeddah Tower in Saudi Arabia. So apparently um, the construction was paused due to COVID a couple of times now. But once it's completed, it would hit the over one kilometer tall mark. So um, apparently it would have been even taller, but the surrounding areas didn't allow for it to be that tall. So, but um, it, once it's completely built, it would be the tallest tower in the world. So that is quite high, that can work. But even if I went on to show you pictures of the widest object available or the um, longest object available, it still won't be enough. Because this can be measured. If you get onto that tall, uh, tower and you clump, 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 and you get all to the top, there's an end to that. And when the diver, if he goes down enough, far enough, he reached the bottom of the ocean, so then there's an end. And God's love has no end. There is no end to God's love for you. There's no way to measure it. To, there's no way. God's love for you 
is unmeasurable and there is no end to it. So as I was going through the sermon, I kept on thinking about a clip that I saw when we had our um, Good Friday service here. Uh, there was a clip shown about Jesus being, um, just before the crucifixion, he was uh, being beaten and whipped. And um, when I was thinking about God's love, I kept on seeing that picture, and there's a, probably a good reason for that. But that one picture, Jesus was now uh, kneeling, and um, the God was whipping him. And as that whip hit his back, and it, the whip came back, it literally tore skin off of Jesus' back. And I'm reminded of that because that is what God's love is for us. That is how much he loves us. That he was able to send his only son and look and see how his son was beaten and whipped and eventually crucified for us. And that's what Jesus' love is for us as well. Because Jesus was obedient to that. It's not that Jesus also didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't say, okay. But he wasn't like fully aware of what he was getting himself into. Him and his father knew this is the price that we will be paying for our sons and our daughters so that they can live in freedom in Jesus Christ. So we have the presence and the love of God that surrounds us because of what Jesus did on the cross. And maybe then that's a better picture if we look at the um, diver again. In that picture, he's surrounded by water. As far as he can see, as far as he can swim and move up, down, left, right, everywhere, there's water around him. He's overcome with water. And that is what God, God's love is. We can use that picture for that. Doesn't matter where we go, it doesn't matter what we do, it doesn't matter where we look, what position we take, God's love surrounds us, it overcomes us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Further, Paul writes that God's love surpasses all understanding. And isn't that true? Because when I was trying to search for a picture, I just couldn't. There wasn't one thing that made me completely understand God's love for me. And we do not fully understand it, and it's not always easy to explain. But that means that we partially become, we come to a bigger realization of God's love for us because of that we can't understand it completely. And when that happens, when we come to that deeper realization of really how much God loves me, if I'm in that position, it's so much easier to love other people, to love his people. And then we find ourselves being participants in something bigger, God's eternal plan. When we love God and he loves us and we love his people, then God's love just overflows. The love flows in all directions. 
And then when we are able to abide in that heavenly love, we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to worry about anything because we are rooted and established in God's eternal love. In Romans 8, verse 38 to 39, Paul also reflects on God's love. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to read that again, but I want you to read, instead of us, I want you to read me. So let's read it again. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in the creation will be able to separate me from the love of God. That is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want to ask you this morning, when Paul was writing this, he was writing, I am convinced. I want to ask you this morning if you are convinced. It's this, convinced is described as being completely certain about something or firm in someone's belief. Another description says to persuade someone. So I want to ask you if you're saying, yes, yes, Deirdre, I am convinced. Are you convinced that you'll be able to persuade someone else of God's love? And isn't that what the part of the Great Commission is? Isn't that what God's calling us to do, to go and share the gospel and his great love to those around us? In Matthew chapter 22, one of Jesus' disciples asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 38. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So a couple of years ago, we went on a mission trip to Lesotho. It was my first mission trip, so I was super excited, but I was also super nervous <laughs> because I wasn't sure what, how it works and what will be expected. So um, the one afternoon we split up, we were a couple of people that went, so we split up into groups and we decided to go into the community and pray for people, share the gospel to whoever walks past you, or we knocked on, on houses and asked if we can talk to them about Jesus. And the one um, house that we ended up, the lady was diagnosed with cancer not too long before we got there. And she was a believer. So she was sharing her story and she was sharing that she's really trusting God in this journey that she's on. So we shared scripture with her. We prayed with her. And I was so overwhelmed with God's love for that lady when we were sharing that scripture and that prayer with her. And isn't then that how we experience and understand God's love better? When we are sharing God's love and his word and his purpose to the people around us. 
when we are looking beyond what we are facing at the moment, when Paul is looking beyond him being in prison, not worrying about what's happening, but just focusing on God and focusing on what he has called us to do. When we focus on his bride, Jesus' bride, and his purpose. When we respond to Christ's love by trusting him, his purpose becomes our mission. A lady shared a story one day. She was um, on a, a work trip. I think it was in Cape Town or something. So she stayed in a hotel. And uh, she felt the Holy Spirit tell her to leave a note to the lady that would be cleaning her room. Because they come in every day, they clean the room, and then they leave again. So they ju she just wrote a note saying, God loves you. She says, and when she came back from her work day, the lady that cleaned her room wrote back to her, saying that she cannot explain how grateful she is for her leaving that note and how much it meant. Her, the lady's house burnt down, and she felt completely alone and abandoned, and just being reminded that God is for her and that God loves her was something that she couldn't explain. So I want to tell you this morning, if you're sitting here and you're feeling isolated or you're feeling alone, you can never be lost on God's love. Never. So I want to challenge us this morning. I'm challenging myself as well, I promise. I want you to go out and share God's love with someone this week. One person for every, every day for the six days until next week, Sunday. And it doesn't have to be a complete stranger, but there are some seasons. It's not allowed to be someone that in your household. So it can be a friend, it can be a family member, it can be a colleague. But I want to challenge you to send a voice note, call them, send a scripture, send a WhatsApp, Go and visit them, but share some, some, um, with someone God's love. Just one person for six days. And we are not... Um, sorry, getting my thoughts. A lot of the times I, I tell myself, I will... Um, if the Holy Spirit tells me to go and talk to someone in spa, I'll be obedient and I'll do it. But that's not... And that's not wrong, so please be attentive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. But we don't need to wait for the Holy Spirit to tell us to share the gospel with someone. Because the Bible tells us to do it. That is our commission, to go out and share his love and his word. So we don't need to wait for the Holy Spirit to nudge us. We can just go out and do it ourselves. If he nudges us, do that as well. But um, we don't need to wait for him. He's already told us that we need to go out and do it. And I want to tell you that we aren't doing it for ourselves. I am um, 99% sure you are going to experience God's love for you when you're doing it. But um, we are not doing it for ourselves. We are not doing it to make ourselves feel good. We are doing it 
because, number one, we're being obedient to God. And number two, it's because he gets the glory. We're doing it for him. And in that, we are participating in God's bigger plan. And what a privilege it is to do that. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you that you love us so unconditionally, without end, without stop, without anything we have to do. You just love us. You shower us with your love. And I praise you and I thank you for that. Father, I pray that as we go out this week that we may share your love, that you shower on us. May we share that with other people. Help us to get out of our comfort zones and just do it. Thank you that we are able to meet together. and Thank you that we can participate in your bigger plan, in your eternal and wonderful purpose. Thank you that you want to use us. And we are saying this morning, here we are, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Deirdre. That was wonderful, eh? You can start by sharing God's love with your mom today on Mother's Day. Don't forget that. As long as she doesn't live with you. <laughs> sure, T's and C's apply. It's going to be trickier than I thought. So. <laughs> uh, if you've never experienced God's love, you've never put your faith in Christ, we would love to pray with you this morning. Please come down to the front afterwards. Or if, you've, if you're trusting God for some breakthrough, you want one of our leaders to stand with you in faith and to pray, we'd love to do that. Please also come down to the front. Our leaders will be hanging out here. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have an amazing week. Be blessed. Stay warm. I see the hats are starting to come out. Gabriel's got his hat on this morning. <laughs> Stay warm, and uh, we'll see you at Life Group in the week. Amen.